We are North Rock Church, where we exist to see lives redefined by being filled with life in Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I hope that you are enjoying church today as much as I am. And uh, I'm thrilled to have everybody tuning in uh, for Church Online, North Rock Online. Hey, North Rock coming to your neighborhood, not only your neighborhood, but all the way into your living room. And uh, we're thrilled to have everybody with us today in this uh, unique season that we are in the middle of. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited that we get to do church the way that we get to do church. I'm excited to have uh, these amazing singers and amazing musicians and an incredible production team doing their thing. And uh, I, can't, I can't wait to, to dive off into what I get to share with you today. But we are, we are in the middle of a series that we've called The Setup which has taken us all the way up to the resurrection of Jesus, man, which was the greatest event ever in the history of the world. And I'm excited about Easter. Um, it's likely to look a little different this year, but I'm still thrilled about Easter and been able to preach the, the story of Jesus and man, how that impacts me and how that impacts you, what it means for all of us. So uh, make sure that you're praying about Easter and praying about who you can, you, you can invite to your online watch parties, uh, assuming we're still watching online uh, come Easter weekend. This series called The Setup is, is all about the week leading up to the resurrection. And we're looking at some different things in the life of Jesus, things that, that happened, uh, sacred moments we've called them, leading up to the life of Jesus. And uh, I want to share a little something today from that. But uh, first of all, let me just say this. Let me say that we are, uh, we're living in some bad days, right? I know we are. Um, bad days, they happen. They, they really do. And there are different levels of bad days. Every one of us has bad days, but there are different levels of bad days. I mean, there's that day that you are craving some, some Chick-fil-A, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you ease into the, the parking lot at Chick-fil-A and you're wondering where everybody is and it's eerily quiet. You get up to the drive-thru though and no one greets you. Uh, with this whole my pleasure business. And, and you realize when no one greets you that it's Sunday and it's closed. You know, they, they closed on Sunday. And uh, so there's, that, that's a bad day. You, you know, you have to go next door. That, that's a bad day. But then, then there's the day that uh, you get a phone call from the principal at your kid's school. You know, that, that, that can turn into a bad day. Then there are other phone calls that you might receive, other text messages that you might get that could have a little more difficult uh, information uh, for you. And then, man, there's what we've been dealing with over these last few weeks with this pandemic. And uh, I know that it has caused a bad day for a lot of people. I know that there have been um, a lot of layoffs, a lot of people who are wondering uh, about their future across the board, their career, their financial future. And there's a lot of anxiety around that. The truth is bad days happen. They do. They happen to every single one of us. But how do, we, how do we live through those bad days? How do we not only survive, but how can we thrive even in the middle of bad days? In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, um, the writer of Hebrews says this in verse number two, and this is the message uh, version. He says, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's always, always good advice. Who both began and finished this race that we're in 
study how he did it. So he implores us to, to study, to, to study how Jesus survived his bad days because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, bad days, shame, whatever. And now he's there in that place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility that he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. And this is what we need. This is what we need in this, in this season that we are in. We need some spiritual adrenaline shot into our souls. Jesus had an awful day, right? He was, he was arrested. He was tried illegally. He was convicted. He was, he was beaten and he was crucified. And while hanging there on that cross, on that not so good Friday, certainly not for him. It was a good Friday for us, but not for him. The sky grew dark and the sun went away and complete darkness took over as if things could not get any worse. Maybe you felt like that. Maybe you've been going through some things recently and just when you think things can't get any worse, you know, you, you turn and get punched in the gut again and you, you double over and stand up and you feel like you get backhanded in the face. Like it's one thing after another tragedy, hopeless. Jesus hung there in the dark for three hours. And he made a statement that we're going to talk about here for a few minutes that, that I think we can all identify with every single one of us from those of us in this room, those of us sitting in our living rooms, watching this, he made a statement that we can all identify with. As a matter of fact, I think this relates to us as individuals about as much as anything Jesus ever said. He said something that many of us have said, or if you haven't, you've thought it, even in the last few weeks. Matthew 27 and verse number 46, Jesus said this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Now, I grew up in a pretty um, legalistic, spiritual context and the context that I grew up in, it was not ever appropriate to question God. We absolutely didn't feel like that we had the liberty to say, God, what are you doing? I feel like you have, you have left me. But Jesus shows us in this passage, in the middle of his terrible day, that it's okay. It's okay for us to question God. He literally sets an example. He gives us divine permission, if you will. This is such an, a human expression from Jesus. I love it. He's fully God and yet fully man. Like he really identifies with our humanity in this statement. Now, we've all seen things that did not make sense, right? I've seen things throughout my life, throughout my ministry that didn't fully make sense, from the death of a mother who had just given childbirth, who was perfectly healthy before giving childbirth, to the loss of a, a young man in, in a student ministry that I led in Austin who was like a, a rock star man, a difference maker in that ministry. Things that just didn't make sense. We've been, we've been living in the middle of a season that does not make sense, right? Things that we never could have imagined happening. Like there's no way uh, some type of disease could attack the United States of America. I mean, there's no way that could happen to us. It doesn't make sense. What do you do when things happen that don't make sense? 
What's interesting is that three verses prior to Jesus saying, why have you forsaken me? There are some soldiers and teachers of the law and some chief priests and they're mocking Jesus. And they say of him in Matthew 27, 43, he trusts in God. So let God rescue him if he wants to. They literally point out the fact that he trusts in God. And then just a few verses later, Jesus is saying, why have you forsaken me? I I love this, this tension here where we're literally shown in this incredible story that has changed all of our life, that we can trust God and still have some questions. Like we can, we can continue to trust God. It's like the man who approached Jesus one day who had a son who was, who was bound. And Jesus said, if you believe all things are possible. And the man said, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. You know what I'm saying? Like I trust you, but I've still got some questions. It's a normal tension that we all wrestle with, right? I think the time where I, uh, we, we, we were on in, in, in Colorado and we were doing a, a, a challenge course, like a high ropes challenge course, which means that we're way up high in the sky walking down ropes and whatnot. And, and the only thing that's saving our life is a little, you know, thing that's attached to our side. I can't even think of what they call the thing. A harness. Thank you, Alicia. A harness attached to our side. And, and, and I'm looking at the girl who was telling us, it's okay, it'll hold you. And I'm thinking, I don't think we should be doing this. Like this does not, this doesn't seem, this doesn't seem safe, but she's perfectly calm and perfectly safe. So we dove off into it. So like, I, 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 I don't trust me, but I trust you. I trust you. So I want to share just a few things here with you. First of all, as we, we dive off into this, when you're having a bad day, number one, would you trust God's nature, trust God's nature, trust who he really is. So many people have these crazy ideas about who God is. So many people see him as like this old man sitting up on the porch of heaven, peering over, you know, the porch of heaven with a lightning bolt, just waiting on us to make a mistake. And you know, long beard uh, and with, with this, what do you call this thing, baby? Yeah. A staff. Thank you. <laughs> a staff. And he's just waiting on us to make a mistake so that he can you know, shoot lightning at us. And that is the most, the most ridiculous, unbiblical idea about who God is. That's not what he is. He's always looking to save us, to love us. Second Corinthians one and three said he's the father of compassion, the God of all comfort. We need some comfort right now, don't we? First John four and eight says that God is love. God is love. Trust his nature. Whenever you're having a bad day, trust his nature, trust his promises. Oh yeah. Trust the promises that he has given us through his word. Things like I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And even if you get laid off and you're stressed about how you're going to pay bills and how everything's going to turn out, trust in God's promises. He's never going to leave you. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. God is always going to provide. Romans 8 says that all things work together for good. (laughs) How in the world could this work for good? I don't know. But God does. God has this incredible, miraculous way of taking the bad and turning it around for good. And this, and this pandemic has, has, caused, has caused us all to question. And I want you to know that that's okay. 
You can question, just know, I trust you, God. I don't understand what's going on, and yet I trust your promises. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says that all of God's promises are yes in him. They are yes. Trust his promises. Third, trust his process. Trust God's process. He has a way of preparing us for the promotion that he wants to take us into. He has a way of, of, of turning our setbacks into set ups. And the facts are, man, tests always precede a promotion. So I know there must be a crazy promotion coming, right? I mean, there must be something significant about to happen. I know that God's church is moving forward and I'm believing that millions and millions of people are gonna be surrendering their lives to him through this unique season that we are in. We have to trust God's process. Trust the product that he is producing in you. Trust that it's worth the, the, the proving. Trust that it's worth the heat and the pressure and the pain. Throughout this why season that we are in, when we're asking some questions, I want to share with you as we close here today, three practical steps, three practical things that we can do. And I want to start in the book of Isaiah chapter 63, where Isaiah penned this incredible prophecy about Jesus and what he would do for us. And I think that this this passage is so appropriate for the moment that we are living in. And in fact, as I read this and you see it on your screen, I want you to personalize this passage, like make it for you. Isaiah 63 and nine says this, in all of their suffering, he also suffered and he personally rescued them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted us up. And he carried us through all of the years. He lifted us up and he carried us through all of the years. That is a beautiful picture of our God carrying us through everything that we deal with, through all of our pain, all of our questions, all of our whys, through the good days, the bad days, he carries us. I learned this years and years ago when I was a teenager and my father was, was ill. He, he got sick when I was about 10 years old and finally passed away when I, right after I turned 20. But throughout my teenage years, my father was ill. And instead of him taking care of me, we were taking care of him. I was helping take care of my dad. And throughout all of that, God carried me. Throughout all of that, God carried my, my mother. When we had nowhere else to turn, my God carried me. When we got a call one day from a rec center that my dad would walk down the road to because he couldn't do much else. And they said, uh, you need to come get your dad. Mr. Moore, he can't seem to get out of the chair. And, and that was correct. And from that day forward, my dad never walked again. But during that all, the entire process, during that entire season, my heavenly father carried me. And there were definitely days where we asked why. I know that my mother had to ask that. Why? Why? Why is my dad not like other dads? Why am I having to deal with this? Throughout all of that, my God carried me. My God carried me. So here's what we want to do in these seasons when we're asking why. Number one, we want to learn while asking why. We want to learn while asking why. Hebrews chapter five, verse eight says, even though Jesus was God's son, watch this, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. 
He learned obedience as he suffered. Like while he was going through the trauma, he was learning. Listen, God wants to do something in us as things are happening to us. And during those formative teen years of mine, while, while, while I was dealing with the stuff that I just told you about with my dad, I learned so much that carries me still today. I learned to trust my heavenly father. I, I, I learned about God's sovereignty, about how he took care of us financially, about he, m- miraculous financial uh, things took place in our home throughout that era because finances were bad. I'm believing that that's already happening for some of you during this season of financial tension and financial struggle, that you are learning about the God that you serve and how sovereign he is and that he's taking care of you. He's got your back. You're never going to be forsaken or be begging for bread. I learned, I learned that even though my dad couldn't be a dad to me, that there were other people that God would put in my life to help stand in the gap. I had other dads. I remember, I remember playing uh, baseball in uh, little league and I, I slid into home and I tore my pants sliding into home and, and I was crying when I got to the dugout and they thought it was because I had hurt myself, but I didn't hurt myself. I was crying because I tore my pants and I didn't have any other baseball pants. And whenever one of the dads found out that that's why I was crying, he told me right then, I'm going to buy you some baseball pants tomorrow. And we went and bought two pairs of brand new baseball pants. God just put people in my life to stand in the gap. So even though there was, there was, there was a void, I learned about God's sovereignty, about how God is watching over me, how he always has my back, always has my back. We want to learn while we're asking why. We want to love, number two, we want to love while we're asking why. We want to love while we're asking why. Y'all, there's so many opportunities right now. I mean, we are surrounded by opportunities to help people who are hurting. So many opportunities from elderly people who are shut in, people who have needs much worse than ours to getting involved with SA Food Bank one way or another, to somehow getting involved in this crisis and loving on people, showing love by starting brand new online small groups. And you can do that from our website at uh, northrocksa.com. You can start a brand new small group. And, and, and you can bring more people uh, you know, virtually into, into your life, into your circle and love them through this crisis. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 16 says, don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. Like in the middle of a crisis, don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. Second Corinthians chapter one says he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. He comforts us so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. And we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. And here's something that I've learned. And this is just a fact. The moment that I start struggling or start wrestling with something or have anxiety or pain or fear, the quicker I can serve somebody else, the quicker that I can find someone else to invest in, someone else to love, someone else to lead, the quicker my issues seem to just fade away. And when I serve others, my issues just tend to get smaller, smaller, and smaller. So learn while you're asking why. Love while you're asking why. And then number three, worship while you're asking why. Worship, worship. 
It seems counterintuitive, right? Like, why would I worship whenever things are not going well? Listen to me. If you want to heal, if you want to not just survive a bad day, but thrive in this bad day, you got to learn to worship through your pain. Worship through your pain. The day that my father finally passed away, I was off in North Carolina at a wedding and I got a phone call that nobody ever wants to get. And I went and got on a plane and I flew home to be with my family. And Alicia, whom I was not married to yet, but she picked me up at the airport and took me to, to be with my family. And we walked into our room, a room at my house, actually it was my bedroom. And we put a cassette in the cassette deck that someone had given me. As a matter of fact, when Alicia picked me up at the airport, she had it for me. And it was this incredible song that said, if you could see me now, I'm walking streets of gold. If you could see me now, I'm standing tall and whole. And for us who had a family member who had been bedridden for about six years, those words were so powerful. It said the healing that has been delayed has now been realized. We put that song in the cassette deck. This was back, yes, back in the cassette days. It was, I'm old, it was back in the cassette days. And my family started to worship. Right in the midst of our pain, right in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our tragedy, we started to worship. God's presence moved into that room that day and his healing power just began to flow through our hearts and flow through our lives. So even though we were still in the midst of tragedy, we had this calm, and peace on the inside. I want to challenge you to worship while asking why. David said in Psalm 34, verse one, I will bless the Lord at all times. All times. Not some of the time. Not when I'm on the mountaintop. Not when the sun is shining. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Listen to me. Even though we might not know the end of the story, worship anyway. We got to learn to worship in the middle. You see what I'm saying? Even though we don't really know exactly how it's going to turn out, we're trusting that God has got us and I'm going to worship in the middle of my crisis. I want to learn while asking why. I want to love while asking why. And I want to worship while asking why. Let me pray for you right where you are. If you don't mind, close your eyes. Let me say a word of prayer over everybody watching this today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for your word once more and how encouraging it is for us. Lord, this is encouraging for me even as I preach it. And I'm believing that you're encouraging those who are listening to this today. I want to pray for those who are experiencing significant pain right now. Those who are dealing with loss, Lord, whether it's the loss of a job or just the uncertainty of the future. Maybe they have a loved one who is ill, who is sick. God, those who are feeling pain right now, I pray, God, that you would just move in their hearts, move in their spirits, sweep across their, their souls right now, Lord Jesus. Just let them feel you wrapping your arms around them. Let them feel your peace. Let them sense the hope that you have for them, the life that you have for them. And I want to thank you, Lord. I want to declare peace. 
I want to declare healing. I want to declare purpose and hope over everyone watching, everyone listening in Jesus' name. As I continue to pray here, man, as we always do at North Rock Church, if you are not in a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you a chance to take that step of faith. If you have not trusted Jesus as your Savior, that is the step that you need to take right now. You might feel like you are a million miles from God, but I want to tell you that you are not. He is right there with you. The scripture says that he's knocking on our heart's door. He's just waiting on us to open up and let him in. So I want to encourage you to take that step today. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and say yes to him, or maybe there was a time in your life when you were walking with Jesus, but you know you need to rededicate your life to him. This is your moment too. So right where you are, I'm going to pray a simple prayer that has incredible significance attached to it. And I want you to pray this prayer along with me in your own words. Lord Jesus, I need you to save me. I'm starting over today and I'm following you. I invite you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I repent today. Forgive me for my sins, Lord Jesus. Make my life clean like only you can. I invite you to be the Savior of my life. I'm starting over today. I'm making a fresh start and I'm following you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Hey, well, thank you for your response. And I want to celebrate everyone who just took that incredible step of faith. And if that was you and you just surrendered your life to Jesus, we'd like you to take one more step. We would love for you to get your phone out and text NRYES to the number that is coming across your screen right now. Text NRYES. We have some gifts that we want to share with you to kind of help you and guide you on your next steps in this brand new faith journey that you have started. Well, God bless you, everybody. Thank you for being with us today. I love you. God bless you. I can't wait to see you very soon.